Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Yeah, I Said It. And as always, you're checking out the program on Friday, and the show is hosted by yours truly, Lance Williams. Uh, Before we jump into the program, I just wanted to uh, uh, send a big shout out to everybody and, and just to make sure that, you know, everybody is safe. Everybody is following um, all of whatever your local, uh, whatever your local municipality is telling you to do. If you have a shelter in place, make sure you're listening to that and you're doing what you're supposed to do in terms of shelter in place. Make sure you're listening to everything and listening to whatever your local politician is having you say. And the title of this program, and yes, big up the Jave Man. This is the Maroon. This is the Carnegie Mellon. I am a Carnegie Mellon alum. And the title of this program is The Steelers Free Agency Moves Show That They Are All In. Thank you, Stephen, for the well wishes. I am in California, as most of you know, and the entire state is in a shelter in home or shelter in place. So for me, that means that I'm working at home and I'm doing this show actually on my lunchtime. So AKA this dealer is this show is AKA called brunch with big swa because I'm bringing it to you during my lunchtime. But before we were going to do the show, we, we had to do a little switch today because today has been pretty fast and furious in terms of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there's something that I'm going to talk about as well. I was originally going to tease the show. Yeah, I said it, that the Steelers should sign Jameis Winston. I'm going to talk about that, but I want to talk about the free agent moves. And the free agent moves, there were two. Steve Wisniewski signed a two-year deal worth $2.85 million. Of that, $375K is guaranteed. And Eric Ebron signed a two-year deal for $12 million. And, of course, we know that Derek Watt signed his deal earlier in the week. Big up to Reed overhand. Uh, Reed, you're a lot younger than I. I am class of 1994, the Heinz School, which is, I think has been renamed. Um, but anyway, so the Steelers today. Now, I'm on record as saying I was not very excited about the Derek Watt move. I just don't think you allocate any resources for a fullback position. Um, and I'm not considering, I'm going to talk about Wormley as well, but that's not a free agent move. That's a trade, but we are going to talk about that. Um, I wasn't excited about the Watt move. I just don't think you allocate resources for a fullback. They just aren't really useful in the modern game. Now, I think what they're trying to do with that move is they're trying to replace Tyler Manikiewicz and Rosie Nix with one move. I think Watt is going to primarily be uh, the special teams captain in that type guy. I mean, he's not a guy that's had a lot of carries. He's not a guy that had a lot of catches. I just don't think he's going to impact the offense. And that's why I didn't think that you should go out there and spend free agent money for Derek Watt, let alone that be your first signing. So I was pretty down in the dumps when I saw that as the first signing. But boy, Friday, everything has changed on Friday. And let me just go on and say, when you guys listen to the show, 
Um, you know, we do the Homer and the Hater show on Sunday. I'm the Hater, Jeff's the Homer. I'm going to have to switch hats now. I'm, I'm going to have to be the Homer. I really love what the Steelers did with the free agent signings, today's free agent signings, as well as the trade they did with the Baltimore Ravens, and we'll talk about that. When you're talking about Steve Wisniewski, and I have to review him on film, I'm going to take a look at how he played during the playoff run for Kansas City. He's coming off of winning, I think not consecutive wings, but he's run a ring with Philadelphia, and he just won a ring um, with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Let Let me answer Darren Dalton's question really quick. Any answers for why the fullback position is a dying position specifically for the Pittsburgh Steelers? It's a dying position because offenses want to get multiple people out in routes. Unless you have a fullback that can catch the football, when you put a fullback on the field, you're declaring that you're going to run the football. Or even if you don't, uh, in most cases you do run the football, um, defenses know that that fullback isn't a threat in the passing game. So I think that's why you see the fullback um, – Go away. And to nap 1963, yes, I am the greatest hater of all time. But I, I love these moves. When you look at the deal for Wisniewski, two years, $2.85 million, 375 k guaranteed. The one thing that jumps out to me is it's not starter money. And you're talking about a guy, I believe, who's a 10-year vet, two-time Super Bowl champion. So you're talking about a guy that's experienced, a guy that's from the area, and a guy that has played quality football during a playoff run as recently as last year. So when you look at the money, I don't think it totally eliminates that the Pittsburgh Steelers could take a guard early. And I think with his ability to play center and guard, he's positioned flexible. I think he replaces B.J. Finney. And also, if you want to make him the starter, given his pedigree, former second-round draft pick, and I like to look at I like to look at signings in terms of the three P's, performance, pay, pedigree. When you look at his performance, he just recently played during a playoff run to win the Super Bowl. You look at his pay, his pay is very is very low in terms of a cap impact. And his pedigree, he's a former second-round draft pick. You put all those together and you look at positional need for the Steelers, I think it's solid. And I think until, let's say the Steelers draft a guard early, high, second round, He can be a guy that can start initially, and then you can work in that draft pick because of his experience and his position flexibility. Also, I think when you bring Wisniewski in, what it prevents you from doing is moving Filer to left guard and then creating two unknowns on the offensive line. So you don't know if he can play left guard down in, down out. And then you'd have to replace the right tackle. This way with Wisniewski, even if they don't draft a guard high in the draft, he can, you can plug and play him in the offensive line. And from left to right, the offensive line would be Alejandro Villanueva. You'd have Wisniewski. Boy, that's a lot of letters and back-to-back starters. Villanueva and Wisniewski. And, and that that that's just would be a lot of letters. Then you got Marquise Pouncey, the anchor on the interior. Then you have David DeCastro, and then you have Filer. I don't know if that line is as good as it was last year, but I think because you can p- you replace one position and not two, the level of uncertainty is minimized if you're trying to move a guy to guard and then trying to find a tackle. Because I'm not comfortable with 
Chucks Okorafor or Zach Banner being the starting right tackle. I think that would be a very big drop-off from Filer because I think you could argue that Filer might have been their best offensive lineman last year. And I think if you look at PFF grades, he probably was their best offensive lineman last year. So um, I, I think absolutely the move is fantastic from a positional need and from a pay perspective. And so like Shanae Yvette said, I thought you were calling Lance a hater in a bad way. I'm not a hater in a bad way. And so let me jump to Isaac's question and big up to Isaac in a super chat. And if you guys want to contribute to the show, hit the like button, hit subscribe. So we got 67 people right now on the live stream. That means all of you guys have to hit the like button immediately. If you want to help by donating in a super chat, hit the super chat button. You can donate. And that way you can give a contribution, a financial contribution to the show. Also, you can subscribe to the show. Big up to Isaac Aguilera. And Isaac asked a question, is the Ebron signing sexy enough for you? It absolutely is. The Ebron signing is the type of signing. See, because I, I, I did this series earlier about points and just how important points are and just how important point differential is. I'm on record as saying that I need I think the Steelers have to get to about 28 points per game. When you had Eric Ebron and looking at performance pay pedigree, sometimes I shift the peas around. You're talking about performance. This guy's a former first a former pro bowler. You're talking about pedigree, former first round draft pick. And for 2 years at 12 million dollars and that's the general terms of the contract. I don't know how the contract is detailed. I'm sure over the cap or Ian Whetstone will have that. And big up to Ian Whetstone. If you want to get more information about the cap, make sure you check out our standards, the standard or the Homer, the haters show from Wednesday, where we talked to Ian Whetstone. We have Dave on and we had Jeff on as well. Fantastic show. Um, and I'll get to that, Darren Dalton. Darren Dalton asked, what's the current cap space after these signings? Now, according to over the cap, I think it's $7 million. But they, that that's not factoring Ebron. So over the cap, we'll probably update it a little bit later. Um, and it works a little bit different, Sean, because Sean Brigode said like $1 million. I, it works a little differently because $6 million would be the average. And so that's not necessarily how that's going to work out in terms of um, how it will impact the cap. So we just got to wait and see. I would say that it's probably around $5 million. When you think of Eric Ebron, Eric Ebron and pick up to Big Rush, and we're going to jump into Big Rush. Big Rush's question is statement. Let me read this too, because they kind of co they coincide. Isaac and Big Rushes, and thank you for the contribution, Big Rush four ninety nine. Big up, make sure you're safe, man. Washing your hands and, and, and quarantining yourself. Uh, he said Enron is the most athletic tight end we've ever had. He's going to get a lot of attention. He's always been underrated, and Ben will love big target and Ben loves big targets. Let's just say this. I agree. I think Enron is probably the most athletic tight end that they've ever had. Now, Eric Green was a physical freak back in the day, but in terms of the current tight end, a seam stretcher, big, fast target, he is, you are absolutely right, Big Rush. He's the most athletic tight end. And I talked about point differential and adding points. This is the type of this is the type of move 
you make to score more points. The Steelers have got to get up to about 28 points per game. We're going to talk about some great news that Big Ben released today. I don't know if it was via his website, but ESPN and a lot of um, outlets are reporting it behind it. Still, Curtin is reporting it already as well. Um, and Wayne Johnson, I think he's trying to correct me. Is it Ebron or Ebron? I think it's Ebron, not Ebron. Either way, you guys know what I'm talking about. When you put him and Vance McDonald, this is probably the first time that the Steelers have had two tight ends that can vertically stretch. The only issue I have with having two tight ends that can vertically stretch is blocking. Who is going to block in the run game? And Reed Overhand is right. Tewitt and DeCastro can still be restructured if they need more space. That's my only issue. That is my only issue is who is going to block in the run game when they're trying to pull? When you're running that play, the counter play with the Castro, who's going who's going to block that defensive end and or outside linebacker on the edge to seal the outside when they're running the counter play? That's the only thing but but I love the fact that they have two guys that can vertically stretch. Now, the way you work around it is you just don't run the counter as much. Or, you know, possibly you bring in your fullback, Derek Watt, when you run the counter play. There's ways that they can get to it, but I love the fact that they have two guys that can vertically stretch. Now, to Grayson Brown's point, he's not going to vertically stretch as well as Jared Cook. But when you put Ebron and Vance McDonald, that is tough to deal with for defenses. And that's the type of move that is sexy. And that's the type of move that the Steelers need. Because going into this draft, there was an issue around tight end and specifically tight end depth. I mean, the only usable tight end on the roster essentially was Vance McDonald. So that means Vinette's not coming back. And the rookie doesn't even matter. We don't even know if the rookie can play. Now, the issue is, the only issue I'm saying is that they, they're they not blockers. They are not blockers. So that is going to be interesting in terms of how they do it. Now, there was another move that they made this day, and I didn't count that in terms of free agency moves because it wasn't. And this was the trade that they made, the fifth-round trade. Uh, they gave up a fifth-rounder in 2021 uh, to, to acquire defensive lineman Chris Warmly and a seventh-rounder in 2021. Now. In terms of performance, pedigree, and pay. In terms of performance, I don't really know who Chris Warmly is. In terms of pedigree, I really don't know what his pedigree is. In terms of pay, I'm sure he's pretty cheap. Now, for depth, it's great. To do an interdivisional trade, th those are rare. Doing an interdivisional trade now, the Ravens have done a lot of different moves. I'm not really familiar with Chris Warmly. I can watch him on film. I'm not really sure what he does, what he's good at. One thing I will say is he must not have really been valued because typically you don't do interdivisional trades. You know, he must have been worth a bag, a hot bag of nickels. But what I will say is, he does provide depth. And Dwayne Williams wrote, Chris Warmly is good rotational player, not a starter. 
And that's all you need sometimes. And sometimes you just need snaps. And let me read the comment from William Mallory. He said, being in, being in the Detroit, or being in Detroit, I've seen Ebron play a lot. He is a big target. He can run, block, drop balls in Detroit he should have caught, but had a breakout year with Indy can be a deep threat. I mean, that's all you want. I mean, sometimes you want guys that can vertically stretch the seam to create space underneath. Just imagine, right, you've got two tight ends. So let's say that the Steelers are in 22 personnel, right, or, 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 or let's say 12 personnel. Right. That's one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. Right. And so let's say that those two wide receivers are Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith Schuster. We all know how Juju likes to work underneath. Can you imagine the space that you're going to get if you have Vance McDonald and you have Ebron running the seams? What that's going to do is lift safeties. It's going to lift linebackers and it's going to allow. Juju to work underneath and give Juju a ton of room. Um, Big Rush also chimed in with another super chat. Snacks Harrison would be a huge upgrade at nose tackle. Now, Big Rush, you're going to have to um, let me know who Snacks is. If that's a college player, I'm going to apologize, Big Rush. I do not know college players. I do not know college players. And so I'm going to have to apologize about that snack, uh, about that about Snacks Harrison. Thank you, Big Rush, for that contribution. But I love these moves. The reason I love these moves is these are moves for now. I think the Steelers know that they are in all-go mode, especially with the news of Big Ben. And, and, and the, no, the news of Big Ben, and let me just read this quote. Let me just read this quote. Because Big Ben talked about where he's at in his rehab. He said, quote, I'm throwing without pain for the first time in years. Some games I would have a little pain. Some games I would have a lot of pain. But in the New England game and the Seattle game last season, it got to be too much. To be able to throw without pain now, that feels nice. That's a nice feeling. I know I'm not getting any younger, but I feel younger because I don't have pain. Let me see what else. Let me read you what else Ben said. He said, um, in terms of his rehab, he said he's throwing the ball twice a week, 40 times a day for about 20 yards. Next, he said he's going to plan to ramp up throwing three times a week. He throws both from his knees and from a flat-footed stance to practice getting his spin back. He also has had throwing sessions with Ryan Switzer. He said, quote, I'll gradually ramp up the number of days and the throws and the distance and the velocity. I really feel like I could let it rip right now if I had to. But what's the point? There's no need for me to rush it. Our goal was for me to be 80, 90, 100 percent by OTAs and minicamp. And you may not have those anyway. Now it looks like those things are going to be canceled because of the coronavirus pandemic. I can take my time a little bit more. The last thing he said was in his quotes about him being fat. And and I will apologize to Big Ben on this platform because I used to call him Ben Albert because he did look fat. But that was basically because of the beard, because he looked like a a knockoff Moses um, when I saw him at the West Virginia game. He said, quote, I've heard people say I'm fat and that just blows my mind. I'm lighter and in better shape than I was in either of the past two years. I haven't stopped working out. I normally don't work out in the off season, 
but I've been doing everything five days a week with my trainer. Cardio twice a week, legs twice a week, upper body twice a week. He also said, I guess it's my beard that makes me look heavier. I must have five pounds in that. I know, but I'm not overweight. Let me just say this. When you hear that as a Steeler fan, first of all, he's not in shape. That should make you feel happy. Secondly, I was wrong about him being in shape. That should make you feel happy. Thirdly, I was being a hater about him being in shape. That should make you happy. And last but not least, with Tom Brady in the NFC, no New England. Oh, the AFC is up for, well, sort of up for grabs because that bad man is still in Kansas City. But you should be excited because everything that Colbert said earlier this year about Ben Roethlisberger means it's absolutely true. They knew he was right back then. They just didn't want to say it, but they knew he was physically right back then. Big Ben is back. The Big Ben is back, and he better be back because his salary cap hit will be over $40 million next year. The Big Ben is back, and for him to have gotten a restructure, he must have been right. I mean, there's no way they restructure that deal and give Ben another $20 million check if he's not right. So it looks like Big Ben is back. They got weapon. They got a weapon in Ebron. They fortified the depth and possibly signed a starter in their offensive line. They added depth the defensive lineman position. Only thing I don't like so far in this offseason is Watt. That's the only thing that I don't like. Now, earlier we talked about if they needed cap space, that they could they could do some stuff with to it or DeCastro in terms of a restructure. At the top of the program, we talked about Jameis Winston and why it makes sense for me if they have the space to go after a Jameis Winston. Because I, I think what we saw last year is with Big Ben coming back and Big Ben only being under contract for two years, the Steelers cannot let lack of quality depth the quarterback position kill their seasons. And West keeps saying, what makes you dislike the move so much? Just fullbacks aren't useful. I don't think you sign. I don't think you sign a special teams player to a free agent contract. I think you can find that. I don't think you need to allocate any resources towards it. They just don't make any impact in the offense. And with Ben coming back, Ben likes to throw the football anyway. He's going to throw it most of the time anyway. And unless Watt can catch the ball, and we haven't seen that because he only has ten receptions for his career. It doesn't work. I mean, okay, blocking is great, but I mean, it, it. you can find guys to block. You don't sign free agents to block. You just don't do that. And I just don't like the move. I, nothing is going to convince me. I could be wrong. I mean, I could clearly be wrong. I just don't like the move. And before I jump into my point about Jameis Winston, make sure you hit the like button. We've got almost 100 people in the live chat, but we only got like 25 likes. I know you like this show. I know you like, and I know you guys are active in the live chat. Hit the like button. So let me start off with Wade Johnson. Um, but let me before I, before I jump into Wade Johnson's point, let me jump into another uh, a super chat from Amon J Singh. What's up, sir? Um, he said, if you want to get a little superstitious, Super Bowl 
55, I believe, is at Raymond James Stadium, where the Steelers won Super Bowl 43. Also, go Tartans. Amon must be a, a Mellon alum because only Mellon alums know that the Mellon uh, name is the Tartans. Um, let me just jump into this. Now, we talk about pedigree performance in pay. Let me break this down. Just be patient with me with Jameis Winston. And we talk about how with Ben only being under contract for two seasons, the Steelers cannot afford to lose a season based on lack of quality depth at the quarterback position. And Mason Rudolph and Devlin Duck Hodges are not quality backups for a Super Bowl team. In terms of pedigree, you're looking at a player who's a former overall top pick. Former overall top pick. That's as high as you can get in terms of pedigree. Now, in terms of performance, you're talking about a guy that was the leading, the NFL's leading passer in terms of yards last year. A guy that has been to the Pro Bowl, a guy with 28 wins and 121 touchdowns. You put all that together in terms of an upgrade to the backup quarterback position. Also, he could possibly serve as a bridge after Ben. But if you have Jameis last year, like Big Rush said, if the Steelers had Jameis last season, they're in the playoffs. Yes, he throws a lot of picks, but Arians also had him throwing the ball entirely too much. So, oh, and also, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name, but I want to big up the homie from, from Russia. Um, <laughs> I want to big up the homie from Russia who's listening to the show. Hopefully that's real. Big up to you if you're really from Russia. So in terms of pedigree, former overall top pick, performance, threw for over 5,000 yards last year, former Pro Bowler, 28 wins, 121 TDs. In terms of pay where it works, Jameis is not under contract. And actually, Wade Johnson, um, it was 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. And before I continue my um, my point, I want to just break into this super chat from Grayson Brown. What up, Lance? Been a minute, my man. Hope you're staying safe and healthy. Once this boils over, let's get a drink and sandwich and go to Giordano's. Oh, so that means you're out here. You're in the you're you're in the yay. You're in the yay area, Grayson. Oh, absolutely. We will have to go to Giordano's. It's not as good as Primanti's, but if you guys don't know, Giordani's is a family that is, I believe, related to the family that started Permani Brothers in Pittsburgh. So they know the, the, the coleslaw recipe and the whole nine yards, and they're related. So they do Permani-style sandwiches in San Francisco. I think it's on Columbus Street. I've been to Giordano's a couple of times and had the sandwiches. Um, they're fantastic. Not as good as getting them at home in the Berg, but I'm a Peppy's dude anyway. Uh, like Realtree Z71 said, I'm a Peppy's dude because I'm from the north side. I get the Big Ben Roethlisberger sandwich from Peppy's. Uh, uh, I think it's on Western Ave. I think it's on Western Avenue. That's where I get. I, I go to Peppy's. But let me just say this. Let me get back to. Uh, but thank you, Grayson. I am doing well. Hopefully, you're doing well. Also, with with, with the shelter in place. Now, in terms of the performance pay and pedigree, we talk. And, and so, in terms of performance pay and pedigree, pay he's cheap. He has no deals. He wanted thirty million on the open market. That's gone. He has not been signed, and it's the first week of free agency, and it's Friday. Now he may be signed by the time this comes out. Um, I don't know, but genius expert, he's probably doing something that all of us would like to be doing right now. 
but genius. Genius. Uh, if you're doing that and listening to this show, and if you're in a live chat, you know what genius type. You a bad man. You a bad man. You're a bad man. Um, but the upgrade to the backup position would be astronomical. Now, the downside in terms of performance or pedigree performance in pay is he's a former overall top pick. It's a quarterback, and he's on the open market. What does that say to you? That says to you that Jameis Winston has not lived up to the other P that I don't use when I talk about the three P's, and that's potential. He has not lived up to his potential, and that is a con when you look at pedigree performance and pay because if you're a former overall number one pick in the draft at a quarterback position, you should never hit the open market. In terms of performance, one thing that's negative in terms of performance is the 30 interceptions and the fact that he's 28 and 42 overall as a record and he has no playoff appearances. The 30 interceptions are bad, but as a backup, Asked to win several games, a couple of games, three here or there. He can do that. He can do that, and he can be controlled based on how you call a game. Arians had him putting on the cape and doing silly stuff. He made bad throws, but it's silly stuff. But in terms of Rico Parsons' point, I agree. I think Winston would be more disciplined in the Steelers' offense, and he wouldn't have to do too much. He's not the starter. He doesn't have to put the cape on and be that type of guy. You're only talking about a guy that you need to win three or four games, maybe five or six games. Maybe win you some games, you know, some tough games or whatever. I mean, He's Charlie Batch 2.0, like James Grammer said. He's Charlie Batch 2.0. Now, let me check my phone. I'm getting some messages uh, from my fellow podcasters. They asked me, can I get your grades of the four newcomers so I can average the grades in the article? That's what Brian Anthony Davis, big up to you. So, he, so, so bad. Let me give you my grades, bad. Let me give you my grades on these moves. But I like, I like Jameis as a backup. Let me give you my last, my last, my pay in terms of, the cons when it comes to pedigree performance and pay. He probably won't take a one-year deal for minimal money. He probably won't. Um, he, he probably won't do that. It'll probably be really hard to sign him because, uh, you know, he's not going to want to pay for that. And, and Big Rush said, I would have an issue if Jameis was being brought in to start, but he's the perfect backup. We couldn't throw over 10 yards last year. Jameis is a huge upgrade. He absolutely is a huge upgrade. But the Steelers have limited resources to Lewis Damper's point. I don't think that he would take a small deal on a one year to play for the Steelers. I, I But he's going to have to play for backup money. And that's why if you don't do what, maybe you have more money to entice a Jameis Winston to come to be the backup. He would be the perfect backup. And he could be the bridge to the next guy if Ben comes back and he's not good. Because if Ben is not good, there is a scenario where I could see you can't have a guy that's a substandard quarterback with a $40 million cap hit. So I, I would love if they could figure out some way to get the money to bring Jameis in. That would fortify the backup quarterback position. The Steelers would be ready to rock and be ready to roll because I still think the Steelers are extremely vulnerable 
with Mason Rudolph and Devlin Duck Hodges as your backup quarterbacks. If Ben gets hurt, the season's a wrap. If Ben got hurt and they had Jameis Winston, the season would not be over by any means. Jameis is a former overall top pick. Jameis is a guy that threw for 5,000 yards. Jameis is a guy that threw for 33 touchdowns. And Jameis is a guy that threw 30 interceptions. But to Wes's point, he said Winston's ego is far too big for all of that. But he's been humbled this week because there are no takers for him as a starter. And mama got to eat. Mama got to eat. Baby needs some new shoes. You know, I don't know if I'm not I'm not ready to say Michael O'Malley that he's a loser and a bum, but I'm not asking him to be a winner and a superhero. I'm just asking him to be what a backup. That's it. And none of you guys can tell me he is not head and shoulders better than Mason Rudolph and Devlin Doug Hodges. None of you guys can say that. But to Bad's question. The grades of the four newcomers and start. So in terms of. Derek Watt, I'm going to give that a D. I, I just don't like that move. So I'm going to give that a D. In terms of Wisniewski, I'm going to give that a B. I, I think the position flexibility and the cost and the fact that he's a guy that's played in big spots and in playoff games and is a two-time Super Bowl winner. Actually, I'm going to give that a B plus. I'm going to give the Eric and for the cost at only $2.8 million. And so that money allows you to go out and draft another guy in the draft and bring him in as your starter. In terms of the Eric Ebron move, I love that move. I'm going to give that move a solid A because he's a former first-rounder, former pro bowler. I think he gives you two tight ends that can vertically stretch, and he brings a lot of dynamics to that offense. In terms of the Chris Warmly move, I'm going to give that a C. I just think it's an average move. I think he's a, a just a depth guy. When you do interdivisional trades, I don't think that – the player that you trade is is any good in particular. I want to thank you guys for man, really for chopping in with the uh, with the live chats, outstanding with the live chats. You know, before we get off the program, man, you know we got seventy one people in here, but we only got thirty nine likes. Make sure you guys definitely hit that. Let me go to Wes. Wes wanted to chime in with his grades. Um, he said, "Wiz, uh, Wiznuski a B plus, Ebron A plus, warmly C." Um, I, what was your grade, Wes, for Watt? He gave Watt a C. Anybody else want to jump in before we get out of here in terms of uh, your grades for these moves? Oh, and Michael O'Malley said Winston would be an F. There's no way. There's no way Jameis Winston coming to the Steelers would be an F. So what do you think Mason Rudolph was last year? A G, an H, an I, a J, a K, an L, M, N, O, P? I mean, come on, man. Mason Rudolph was horrible, and Duck was worse. Um, Jeff Vallon is saying Watt was a B. Uh, let me jump into some other grades. Uh, Wes Hickok said a Z. <laughs> Jave man is laughing at me with all the jokes. But again, man, before Winston, he said Guy Rose said Winston would be a C minus. Ebron is a C. Um, but before we get off the program, man, I really want to make sure that you guys are safe, man. Make sure you're doing everything that you can do to not spread this terrible virus. Um, it's real. California, my whole state is in a shelter in place. It's real, man. Don't be like 
these dumb kids that went to the beach and celebrated their spring break. Stay inside, be responsible, and make sure you're not spreading this thing around. Uh, Jeffrey Benedict said, Watt is a B, Wisniewski is a B plus, Ebron is a C, Wormley a B plus. I'm, I, I'm sure Jeffrey, I respect Jeffrey a lot. Um, he must see something with Wormley that I don't know. I don't really know him as a player. I'm surprised that he's really down on Ebron. I just think offensively, um, Ebron can do a lot of things in terms of creating space uh, by being able to vertically stretch the field and change the dimensions of the field with his physical ability. And like Ryan Cobrian said, yes, we hang with you to be socially distant. That's right. Um, be socially distant, man. Listen to our shows. Man, we're going to keep bringing you guys content. We're going to be out on Sunday. We're going to bring another show back to you Sunday for the Homer and Hater Show. Me and Jeff, we're going to talk more about free agency. Overall, though, I would probably get these moves to be. Big H, um, he wrote, before we get out of here with the last Super Chat, must have seen something in D. People not happy. TJ first round. Um, I'm trying to make that out. Uh, Big H, if you want to leave another comment um, to make that a little more clear. Uh, Wade Johnson once said, I'm in Pasadena. Unfortunately, I'm in an essential job and need to work. My job is essential as well, but um, I I'm allowed to work from home because I can work from home. Uh, and that's right. Like William Mallory said, quit touching your face, quit touching other things. Like, like my man on the live chat who said he was touching a bunch of things uh, and listening to the show. Gyro said, um, let's go after J.K. Dobbins. The interesting thing about getting a guard, it's not necessarily on a table in the second round when you get that, uh, when you when you do Wisniewski. Maybe Wisniewski can be your starter. If he started in a playoff run for Kansas City, and I want to watch him, I think he could do the same for the Steelers. I think that leaves running back possibly in the second round or some other positions. I don't think tight end is on the board anymore, not at the fact that they got Vance and Ebron. I think Tynan is out, and they had Zach Zentry last year. I think Tynan is definitely out. Uh, but I hope they go offense, wide receiver specifically, um, now in the second round uh, with Ebron out. I would like – I wouldn't mind wide receiver or running back. I hope they go offense. Now, if they go guard and Wisniewski's the backup, I'm fine with that as well. So I'm fine with guard, uh, offensive guard. I'm fine with wide receiver. Um, as well, and I'm fine with running back. But with that, we're going to go ahead and conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe, and be safe.